living through our calendar affords us an amazing chance for shleimus, for completion, as human beings and as Jews. We have the joy of bodily salvation on Purim, Torah completion on Simchas Torah, introspection in Shuva Velo on Rosh Hashanah, the experience of atonement, which is Yom Kippur, redemption on Pesach, spiritual victory on Hanukkah, and receiving our direction, purpose of life, and marching orders on Shuvah. How does this time fit in? What are we looking for? What do we want to walk out of this time with? What's it all about? So I really, mostly, you know, a speaker always has a drive to say his own things over and say his own angle. But sometimes I find things which are so outstanding, so astounding, that I think sharing that is the greatest thing I could do for the seaboard. And I want to do such now and share a, a talk uh, not the whole talk, but parts of it. Next week, we know will print out the whole talk. Anybody wants to see it, to give some perspective from Rabbi Yaakov Weinberg, who was a famed Torah genius, the Rashiv of Neri Yisrael. And it's important to understand the, uh, I would call maybe like harshness of what he's going to speak about, to know that Rabbi Yaakov Weinberg was considered, amongst the Dole Yisrael, of course, a very open-minded person, very worldly I heard once that he used to give a shear in Aristotle with comments from the Rambam. <laughs> and really, uh, another thing that's hard for speakers is to, to be mitzamtim. And I would love to read the whole thing, but it's just not the way you do it, so I'm not going to do that. But really, every part is a gem, so I do suggest that you uh, give a look to this whole thing. We asked how this time fits in. What do we need this period for? We're mourning, something happened historical, it's a reaction. But is that all it is, just a reaction? Or is there something more going on? So listen to, listen to how Rashiva Neri Sorrell phrased it. The period of the three weeks determines the who we are and how we live all the time. So if you want to know what these three weeks are about, in terms of everything we introduced, this is what's going to give us the sense of who we are and how we live. It's pretty important. For when we mourn over the base of Mikdash, we, when we feel the loss, the pain of its loss and the suffering that our ancestors went through during that period is not, quote-unquote, a pain that we're talking about. Pains don't last 2,000 years. Pains in the last 2,500 years. The most intense and sharpest pain dissipate. A year later, they are weak. Ten years later, they are weaker. And a thousand years later, they don't felt at all. People know that. You go through time. Things hurt you so much. Eventually, you move on. So it's not the pain of what our ancestors lost that's affecting us. It's what's affecting us today. It's the recognition, the statement that we make when we fast on Shabbos or Vitamas, and keep the halachas of three weeks and Tishabab. We are making a statement that we today are totally different. That the loss of the base of Mikdash makes us poor in suffering today. Not because of their suffering. Because of what we're suffering. We are broken. We are not whole. We are not complete. Our lives are shattered. Our lives are not what they ought to be. Because of what happened 2,000 years ago. But it's today. 
It's a statement that not having a base to make this reckon renders us a broken people. What are we? A broken people. Unable to live a normal life. It means that we've been thrown to a state of disease and illness where we cannot think correctly or feel correctly or live correctly. It's a time, it's time to think. Huh? We're a state of darkness, unable to reach out and bring the full light. We were unable to relate to create our Creator as, as we should to live healthy, full lives. We make ourselves aware in this time that we're living as disabled people. This is the most important, significant thing of all. A blind man reaches the point where his blindness is so accepted that he's not aware of his sense of loss. That's what it is. There's no such thing as sight. One who has lost his legs can adjust so he's not aware of a sense of loss. This is normalcy. These are, this is the whole stage of experience and existence. He starts thinking that this is life. This is it. So I don't see. So I don't hear. So I don't have legs. Not that he's adjusted to the challenge. That's greatness. He's forgotten that there is life with legs. And he doesn't know the inability to see colors. The inability to see the magnificence of God's creation is a lack and a loss. He accepts it as being the norm. And that is a great tragedy. Think how much more true and how much deeper and how much greater the effect when we come to accept a spiritual crippledness as being the norm, as being accepted, as being the way things ought to be. We come to feel that as a people without a base of Mikdash or without Korbanus, we're living a full life. And he wrote this 30, 40 years ago, before Kosher Fest, before Kosher Entertainment, before Kosher Cruises, before everything. Think of the effect that this has on our understanding of what existence is all about of what our relationship with our Creator is all about. If we accept this as a normal way of life, to live without God's face turned to us, to live without the ability to bring a Corbin and carry it out, do we really long to bring sacrifices? And do we wait for the time when Mashiach will come? And he continues, to recognize the loss of that base and make this is really something significant, that I suffer now every minute of my life. Right now, we are suffering. It is absolutely necessity to keep our sanity as Jews. So that's what this time is about. What are these three minutes, three weeks about? It's not the atonement of Yom Kippur. It's not the newness of Rosh Hashanah. It's not the spiritual joy of Purim. Those things have their time. It's a time when we keep our sanity. When we remember who we are and our limitations and we desire for more. To keep an equilibrium of what it is to be an Ovid Hashem, of what it is to know God and to relate to Him. We must use this period as a time to make ourselves aware again. I want to become aware again. What was life like with sight? I remember. Epis. I can't mourn for that all the time. That would be a nothing. I'd be sad. I'd be morose. I won't go forward. For sure. But sometime you have to remember who you are. I need to recognize they live in a time of an incomplete peoplehood. I'm lacking basic necessities for being Jewish, for being a human being. There are tremendous loss of Kedusha, 
of awareness of the Rebbe and his relationship to mankind is responsible for all the horror that's taking place, all the calamities that the world goes through is because there's no sense of who we are. Nothing could have happened if the Beis HaMikdash and Korbanus were there and the people of the world were able to come and see it. None of the horrors that the generations have since have gone through. Could have, there would have been no Gerush Svarad. We'd still be living in Italy. We wouldn't have gone to Italy in the first place. There would be no Gzeris Tachvatad. There would be no Hitler. It's because we don't know where we are. Humanity and Jews don't know what we're about. But this doesn't stop there. It goes deeper than that. It's not only that we don't have a base of Mikdash and we can't bring Korbanus. And not that we don't have the intimacy and the immediate experience of godliness which the base of Mikdash alone was able to bear. It goes beyond this. Not only do we today accept a world without a base of Mikdash, a world without the mitzvahs of Korbanus, a world without all the mitzvahs of Tahara as being a terrible world. It's a fine world. Who needs a Korban? But we accept a world when Amis rolls in Gullus. And that's normal, and that's cool. That's my word. To sum it up, we feel in a world of Gullus, there was no Gullus. And again, whenever Rashiva wrote this, we've been gone for a long time, everything is so much more true. We're comfortable in America, we're comfortable in England. It doesn't feel like we're in a diaspora at all. We live among civilized people. We live among people who are good. Just wait. Who see justice and right. And they murder and slaughter occasionally. Well, but that is, that's okay. They kill millions of unborn children a year. And here's the point. How do we see that? That's what he's talking about. But basically they're good. They start talking about quality of life, quote unquote. What does it mean when they say quality of life? That's a preparation for killing. For killing another dozen millions of elderly, sick, and hopeless a year. It's a preparation. When you start talking about the quality of your life, you know for sure it's only a question of how long before they start killing people off. Otherwise, you don't start talking about the quality of life. Meaning, if they can't enjoy life the way I do, he's better off dead. And when a person is better off dead, you have an awful lot of kind-hearted people who are prepared to help him get that way. But they're kind-hearted. Basically, they're seekers of justice. We can talk their language, we can relate to them, we're comfortable. We get it! We get it. We understand. Think about it. Think about it. Halachically, it's Ritzicha, but we can understand that. We can understand Ritzicha. We can understand murder. Us, today. It's normal. We come to accept life amongst the non-Jews with their false values and their twisted emotions and their completely vicious sense of justice as being normal. We accept it and we live with it. I don't always say this part. But since the guys aren't so into sports, I'm going to say it this time. And we live with their sports! No matter how vicious! Now, Bosa, he's talking about the values then. Who knows what he would say about today's movements in the last 5, 10, 15 years, but there were also the. There we have some intolerance, thank God. We live with their definition of being a human being. What is it? One word? Competition. Competition is what life's all about. And we live with it, we accept it. We don't recognize that we're being Hitlered because living with competition means living with the law of the jungle. A survival of the fittest is the true law of life. You don't make the connection. Now, I want to say, as someone who is very good in sports, to be honest, yeah, what was it like being picked last? What was it like getting yelled at? What was it like being insulted? What was it like being embarrassed? 
because you don't shoot a ball as well as someone else. I never had those experiences. What was it like for the other kids? Yeah? Huh? What was it like? But that's what goes on. And that's it. It's a competition. But that's it's worthwhile. Okay, the kid's going to have a bad self-image. He's going to have to pay therapists for a hundred... Okay, but, the, but this is competition. That's good. Who made that decision? Who got that into our head that that's acceptable? Did Gadolim say this is the way to play baseball? Did they set the rules of basketball? Did they say it's worth getting a minor concussion every time you run down a track? We had a Talmud here, Jimmy Fetterman. He said to me, he played high school football. He said, we wanted to kill the other team. That was what he told me. They didn't take out guns. When you run at someone as fast as you can, right into his <laughs> diaphragm. That's the law of the jungle. That's what they taught us. And that's what's become accepted, honored, and, 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 and worshipped by us. You have to be, severe, be superior to survive. We live with this, we accept it, we feel comfortable. And we stop realizing, friends, and we stop being aware, and stop thinking and pointing out to ourselves that we have a whole different way of thinking. We have a whole different way of living. We have a whole different way of doing. We have a whole different way of relating. And we buy from them the concepts of what a good marriage is. And we say love and romance is the basis. And marriage becomes self-fulfillment. And do your own thing. And selfishness becomes ingrained and becomes a very part of the very fabric of our existence. Instead of the realization that the purpose of marriage is to learn to be concerned for one another, to fix your midas, to be outgoing, to be outgiving. We learn from them, we take from them. Because we don't feel the goal, it's because we feel at home. Incredible. And Shiva Sabatama is what we must have to remind us, don't get lost. To remind us, this isn't a Jew, this isn't life, this is degradation, this is tragedy, this is falsehood, this is viciousness. This isn't the way to live. Not for us, not for them. It's more than mourning. It's an acceptance of a commitment that we want a different way of living. And that we understand the purpose of our existence is to be a whole different one. To seek a true Jewish existence. A true human existence. A human existence that needs and requires the awareness of the need for God as an actual presence. We need a base Hamikdash. We can't live without Him. We can't live without Korbanus. The awareness of the need to be able to live as an Am Hashem, the Eretz Hashem, carrying the Mitzvah Hashem in its fullness. Okay, we're almost done. That's what Shiva Sabatamas needs to be, to remind us of all this thing. To shake us out of a complacency that can drown us. To shake us out of an acceptance that can be the death of the spirit, of the soul, of the body itself, out of which comes all the terrible tragedies. Of the recognition that the tragedy is here and now, and the suffering is suffering that we have to undergo and that's what it's all about. That's what the Chacham gave us. When they gave us these halachas, these dinim, they didn't make it just not to forget. They made it so we can live properly. Of being aware of what we're missing. Of what is we have to reach out to. What we have to look forward to. And we're finishing. Do you hear how deep it goes? Without Shabbos or Batamas and three weeks in Tishabah, we cannot remain Jews. It's the hook on which our whole existence rests. It is the awareness that the season gives us that we can't really live without Mashiach, that we need Him, that we must have Him, and that's why we wait for Him, a Without Him, the halacha says we cannot be Jews. 
right? Because if you don't believe in Mashiach, this preserves the whole body of jewelry. Klai exists because of this season, because of this period. It gives existence to Klai We have to recognize the full existence, significance of the period that we're going into and realize that the deeper we understand it, the more vitality, the more viability we give the whole Am Yisrael. It is that with it is with that this that our Chachamim and in their incredible wisdom made possible the continued existence of Am Yisrael. I don't have much to add. Let me just share one final point. The three weeks will come and go. No worries. That's the expression today. No worry. Yeah? No worries. No worries. It's going to come and go. Obviously, I speak to myself. But let's be honest. The fool says, let's just get through this. A little not shaving, eventually a little not showering. The wise man says, I'm here anyway. Let's make the most of this time. Let's utilize, let's grow. Let's appreciate that every part of Judaism is so relevant. I don't want to miss anything. That's what a wise man says when he hits an experience. And now, after all that Rav Weinberg has enlightened us with, we add, I don't for a second, not for a second, want to miss this once a year opportunity to come back to my senses, to be normal again, to get out of Gullis, to remember who I am and who Klai is supposed to be.